What's up competitors? This week we are talking about how two words can change your life. So let's get it. Every day is a competition against your pride, comfort zone, fear, complacency, snooze alarms, bad habits, bad relationships, and more. This podcast is for the ambitious, willing to compete every day to make an impact in their career, health, relationships, and life. Each week, Compete Every Day founder Jake Thompson interviews leaders in business, fitness, psychology, and sports to explore what championship performers can teach us about making winning changes in life. In life. By listening today, you're deciding to start competing for your best life. What's up, competitors? Welcome back to a brand new week, a new episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast as we get after the most important two words in our life with speaker and character development trainer, Stephen Mackey. Before I dive into the show, I want to remind you to get in touch with us. Check out podcast at competeeveryday.com. Drop me a note. Say hi. I love seeing emails from the listeners getting to know each and every one of you that are investing time to have me in your ear in your car, on your Alexa, listening to the show each and every week to be a better competitor at home, at work, and in life. Thank you for being a part of this community. How's your pre-workout? Like, what's your energy level like before you go to the gym? I'm still not a morning person despite having years of routine of building in, uh, waking up before the sun comes up. And so for me, the first thing I do in the morning is drink a glass of water, And then I'm going for some caffeine, usually a cup of black coffee, hot, get me fired up. But if I'm going to the gym first thing, I skip the coffee and go right to the pre-workout. Now, I've tried a number of different pre-workouts over the years since really I've gotten back into being fit in 2008. So that's 11 years I've been trying to get back into shape. And I've tried them all. I've had some that get me so jacked up, I feel like I'd run through a brick wall only to five, ten minutes later have me racing toward the bathroom. If you felt that, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And then like most pre-workouts, you crash. You have a hard crash afterwards, and it's full of honestly just crap. But at the time, I had no other options. Now, if you followed me on social media for a while, you know since late last year, I've been using pre-pre-workouts. It's a light, flavorful workout, and honestly, it's got different styles. So they have an A, B, C, and D formula that helps you cycle on so your body never grows a tolerance for the pre-workout. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, founder Brandon Pogue joined us on episode 81 to talk about his career journey and why he jumped into sports nutrition at almost 40 years old. I've been a longtime user of the product, and now because... True wants to support Compete Every Day. They love what we're about, and I'm an active user of the product. They've stepped on as a sponsor of the Compete Every Day podcast. And even better, they're giving you, the listener, a discount to check out their product. See if this pre-workout is as great as I claim it to be. I continue to use it before they sponsored the show, and you know I'm going to continue to use it afterwards. So if you go to truelabs.com, that's T-R-U-L-A-B-S.com, You can use the code CED for 10% off your next order. That's code CED will get you 10% off your next order at truelabs.com, T-R-U, 
L-A-B-S.com. So check them out. Support them as a sponsor supporting the show. And now let's get into this week's episode. Get to know a little bit about our speaker. All you have to do is go check out MackieSpeaks.com. This guy has a fire and a passion for pouring into the next generation of people, helping them to take responsibility for their lives to be the type of leaders that we need. On any given day, you can find Stephen Mackey in a locker room, a school auditorium, or an event stage as he is challenging people to change their lives. In fact, he is continually driven to try to give well over 250 speeches a year and work with goal of 1 million student-athletes, coaches, and parents through his two-words character development program. We had a great conversation about the importance of building your character, of developing the right mindset of practicing gratitude. And then for those that are involved with our Raising Competitors community, you're going to enjoy some of the conversation at the end about teaching effort and grit, things that we can instill into our next generation that we have the opportunity to parent and build that relationship with. So without further ado, I'm excited to welcome Stephen Mackey to the show. Let's get after it. Stephen, my man, welcome to the show. Awesome, brother, man. Fired up to be here. So I have to kick us off with what are your favorite two words? <laughs> well, you know, it really just depends on, on when you ask, you know, uh, we've got, we've got several that have been some pretty time tested favorites from sacrifice required uh, that there are a lot of things that option that are optional in the game of life. If you want to be successful from the right size, the right school, the right family, a lot of things are optional. But the one thing that isn't optional is sacrifice, sacrifice required. And so that's a, that's a time-tested favorite. Uh, I'm real high these days on five-star. Uh, we live in a world of five-star recruits and five-star athletes. And I want to challenge athletes to be and people to be uh, not just five-star athletes, but to be five-star leaders and to have a five-star character. we got some five-star athletes and no-star mathletes. You know what I mean? And so we want to uh, to break down the walls that we use to compartmentalize the different areas of our life and recognize that our character is the foundation of everything that we do. And, and it is a talent amplifier. Uh, it is not uh, merely something that you work on when you don't have enough talent to be successful in the field. Uh, so those are, those are two, there's a time tested favorite and, and my favorite today. I love it. I love it. So you have, you have a very interesting journey uh, to get to where you are now in, in terms of speaking and working with teams and organizations around the two words and, and taking responsibility and building that character. Take us back to how you even just got started on this journey in the first place. Yeah, man. So, you know, I served for about seven years in the local high school in the community that I lived in four years in Blanco, Texas, a small town in the hill country and three years in Kaufman, Texas, small town Southeast of Dallas. And for seven years just volunteered and, and as a, as an extension of my ministry was a, I'm a pastor by training. And it was just a way that I could give back to the local community. And around uh, 2016, that season, a coach asked, hey, can I film one of your talks? Because I'd give a seven to 10 minute talk before the football game during season. And then I would come in and spend about 15 minutes a week with them during the off season. And I said, sure, coach, you can film it, whatever. He filmed it, posted it online. It started getting a little bit of traction. And then uh, January 12th, 2017, a friend of mine said, man, I think you can make a living doing this. And I said, dude, there's no way. I give seven minute talks before a football game. 
there's no way I can make a living doing this. And he said, it's the best piece of advice I ever got. He said, don't start with no, start with yes. And if you knew it could be done, what would you do? Because he understood, right, where you focus, you finish. What you look for, you find. You look for all the reasons that it can't be done, you'll find those. But look for the reasons that can be done, you'll find that too. And so I started looking and, and kind of putting together in my mind what it would look like. That was January 12th, 2017. January 29th, we filmed our first lesson. Uh, the next week, I Googled how to start, a, how to build a website on Squarespace and how to use Adobe uh, to make a PDF workbook and put that together and started selling. And then eight months later, we started, my goal was to have 30 schools. We had 25 and I thought it was going to be a really great, uh, impactful side hustle. And then uh, very quickly, the fire caught. And now, uh, just over two years later, uh, we're serving over 450 schools across nine states in the U.S. Uh, and, and I've had the opportunity to speak over 750 times in those two years uh, to athletes and coaches and parents across the country. And so what started as a, a passion project, a way to volunteer and serve, then became a challenge to build a, a side hustle. Uh, and then turned itself into a full-fledged business. So, so a few of the things you hit there that I'm fascinated by and curious, you came from the ministry background and used it kind of on sure. the side. So the first question I have for our listeners that perhaps they're going down a path that they feel they need to be in to make a difference. You've obviously used those skills from a pulpit to a locker room to be able to help add value, encourage people. How difficult was that transition for you when this became a full-time, essentially ministry for you, uh, of encouraging players, helping them with character development to step out of the pulpit into focusing on this one? You know, I, I didn't find it to be very, very difficult. It, it honestly felt like the most natural trans, uh, evolution. Uh, it felt like as I was doing the deep work of learning myself and learning my passions, learning my skill sets, and then trying to figure out uh, where my skill sets were most needed, right? Uh, Howard Thurman said, don't ask what the world needs, ask what makes you come alive and go do that. Because what the world needs is more people who live alive. And so as I did the deep work of like one, on the one hand, like I'm, I'm honing my craft, my skill of communication. On the other hand, I'm doing the deep work of knowing my passions and then doing the deep work of figuring out where those things can connect, it just seemed like the most natural evolution uh, of where I was going. And I think that it could feel, it would have felt much more difficult if I only would have done one of those steps or two of those steps. So if I knew my skill set, um, but I didn't know my passion, um, then, then I could just look over there and go, well, I can go do this and make a bunch of money, I guess. Um, or if I didn't have the skill set, but I had a passion and knew where I wanted to serve, then it's like, well, I have this deep passion, but I can't, I'm not good enough to make a living at it. So it wouldn't have added up. So I think that would have made it much more difficult, but having done all three steps just made it feel like the most natural evolution. So one of the things for anyone that's seen your videos online, I, I love your passion, your energy. It, it ties in so well to some of the stuff we talk about at Compete. You came from not the easiest of upbringings. You were, you were born to a teenage mother. You were the first uh, generation college graduate. You overcame a lot of odds to get to the position you're in. Have you always had that passion and energy for just life and helping others from day one? Or was it through your journey growing up that you started to develop that more? 
Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, there, there were no doubt there were barriers in in my world. It's kind of just the statistics of being born to a teenage mom, being biracial. Uh, you know, all, all of those things were certainly the barriers. Um, but I, but as I look back on my life, I'll tell you, man. You know, the, the phrase "it takes a village to raise a child" is is so true in my life. You know, my, my grandparents, my maternal grandparents step in and stepped in and chose to raise me uh, when they didn't have to. Um, they invested and they worked hard. They were, they were at the end of the child game. Uh, they were getting ready to empty nest and they were, they were heading into their years and they hit the reset button and they started over. And, uh, and so they, they provided some stability for me and, and a great example. And, and then I had counselors and coaches and all these people that were investing in me. Uh, but there came a point um, where, you know, late middle school, where I had to take all of that investment that the people around me were making, and I had to choose to make, to do something with it. Um, and it was, it was around in a seventh grade, eighth grade, uh, when I had a coach call me out for having quit football the first day of seventh grade, because uh, I was fat and didn't want to run sprints, uh, made up some excuses. And he, he called me out and, uh, and that, that call out really, really set, set me on a different path. Um, about the time that my faith started becoming my own, I started taking responsibility for choices. And really once that hit, then it became this laser-like focus on doing everything I could do to reach my goals and to reach the, the dreams. And so I, I would say that, that, um, that as far as I remember back, yeah, I've, I've been pretty focused on that. Um, certainly every step along the way has helped refine that focus. Um, but, uh, but there, there's a sense, you know, say all the time, you can't coach want to, um, if you don't, if you don't want to get better, if you don't want to grow, if you want to achieve more, want to make an impact, well then the best motivation, the best coaching, the best podcast or strategy, uh, the best t-shirts in the world, uh, you know, they can't bring want to, you know? And so I, I would say that, that around eighth grade, I, I got hit with a pretty deep sense of want to, and, and that's driven, driven me pretty far. You, you work with a lot of high school athletes that may be similar to a position of yourself. They don't have that want to just yet until that interaction. What are the, the steps, the encouragement, things that you give the coaches as well as the players when you go talk to them and you see that there's a lack of want to? How do you essentially pull that out of someone? Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a mix of, of casting vision uh, of letting them know that there is more to this world than you've yet experienced, right? So, so often, how many, how many high school kids have you met? Maybe not so much in Dallas, Fort Worth, but as you get outside of, you know, the suburbs uh, of that have never left their town or the only town, time they've ever left their community is on a yellow dog going to compete, uh, you know, 30 miles away. And so to, to share a vision that there is more to life than you've yet experienced. Uh, and that's why having a mentor is so important or having a coach or as a parent, um, sharing the stories, uh, the stories of our fathers, so to speak, uh, is to give that perspective, not only of where we've been, where you could be, but also what's in front of you. And so there's one part sharing that vision. Uh, there's another part of taking that big vision and helping them see how when they take this next micro step. Uh, that that is the same as, or it is the most important thing to do in achieving the big thing, um, breaking that, that, that big goal down to the next step and, and then letting them see how accomplished more, how, how they are able to accomplish and then letting that build that momentum and, 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 and coaching them up 
to to knock down the next 12 small steps so that they can build the momentum. And then once you get that momentum going and you start to believe in yourself, then you start to believe that what other folks believe in you can be true. Um, and so there's there's just power in winning, right? That's why we like to compete because we want to win, uh, and winning is contagious. It is um, it is uh, addicting, right? And competition fuels growth. And so letting them get that that knocking those steps down, or you know, taking the big to the small, uh, and then just encouraging them through empathy is probably the third step of just understanding. Going, look, man, puppy love still feels like love to a puppy, and I get it. Like you, you're an offensive lineman. Uh, oh, girl showed you some attention. Like that's never happened before. Like I'm with you. It happens. Um, you know, and so I know that it feels so final, um, but uh, it's not. And I'm going to be with you here for a little bit. We can cry for a little bit. I'll hug you for a little bit. And then I got to kick you in the butt and say, let's get back on the field. You know, and so I, I say it's probably those three steps. You know, what, what strikes me most about that as, a, as I'm listening to you share and, and teach all of us listening about it is there's so many similarities to what you just shared and how you teach the athletes to how adults can be. And that yeah. you know, a lot of people, they, they still, they I, I suffer is the best way to put it with a fixed mindset and believing this idea that we can't grow and develop and learn when science has even shown that our brain continues to, to learn and develop and strengthen the neurons and, and how our brain works with this plasticity. I'm curious where you interact, if you do any interactions with adults and how you encourage them along this same path where maybe they don't have that daily competition in sports where they can, they can see a little win here and there, but how you encourage them in life to start to develop that character, that growth when they're still looking for a want to. Sure. You know, it's, I, I don't, I don't make much of a distinction between uh, the high school athlete and the, you know, uh, up and rising, you know, young thirties, uh, mid-level manager or whatever, meaning that the disciplines are all the same. The, 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 the ethic is the same. The situation's different. High school kids competing on Friday night, you know, Friday night lights, and you're competing in sales or you're competing in, you're leading uh, a sales team or an HR team, and they're leading a water polo team. Uh, well, probably not in Texas, but somewhere they're leading a water polo team. And, and, and so the principles are really the same. And so the, the phrase that I use so often is that we just got to learn to connect the dots between sports and life. Because chances are, if you were if you were successful in business, right, there was something that you competed at, something that you built those skills in. May have been athletics, right? Deca may have been your sport, you know what I mean, or art, or choir, or band. But there was something that required those disciplines of integrity, attitude, effort, commitment, loyalty, uh, goal setting, growth mindset. And the breakdown happens uh, somewhere along the way. Uh, and, and we just have to reconnect those dots and help them see that those things are so, so similar um, and to connect it to uh, something that, that they're passionate about. High school kids passionate about sports. You know, what, are, what are you passionate about? Um, it might be that, that you're passionate about your family, about being a great husband or a great mom or a great wife or father um, and understanding that, that it is a daily fist fight uh, to be a husband of character. It's hard to be a man. Like it's easy to be a boy. You ain't do nothing to be a boy. You just woke up one day and like something was there. You're a boy. Like it's done. But to be a man, my gosh, to be a woman, that is difficult. That is hard. 
we live in a world of grown boys uh, doing things and making commitments that men are supposed to make, grown girls making commitments and responsibilities that women are supposed to take on. And so to, to share that vision of like, hey, man, we got to fight for our kids. 25 million kids are going to go to bed tonight without a father at home. Yeah, you wrap your mind around that. 25 million kids. It's a bunch of grown boys made men decisions, but didn't, didn't follow through. Um, and so when we start going, hey, you may not like your job. I get it. Like you, you go into your job, but you know what? Like you're not willing to do anything to get out of it. So you need to make the choice um, uh, to, to put into it. Uh, and to import a purpose, you don't have purpose in your work, then import a purpose into it and know that every day that you're going to work um, and you're working not for a paycheck or for the man, um, but you're working to be an exemplar for your family. Um, and, and, and that's just, that's connecting that big vision. And it's asking, okay, what's the next smallest step that I can take in that? And how can I get some micro victories to build that momentum. So I think that the principles are so much the same. Um, you know, I, I've been reading a lot of the Stoics uh, recently, and 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 I've, I think I've kind of intuitively had a, a Stoic philosophy, but hadn't spent much time uh, reading in them. But as I was reading in and kind of getting in on some of Ryan Holiday's work and the Tao Seneca that Tim Ferriss put together, and then going back and reading Seneca and Marcus Aurelius and them, uh, you know, this this summation of Stoicism. Uh, there are really two types of things in the world, things you can control and things you can't. And the great, the great effort in life is to only focus on those that you can control uh, and asking the question, what in this situation can I can control? Uh, you have a job that you hate. Uh, you can control if you go back there. You say, well, there's not another option. Okay, well, then you control what you bring to it. You import your purpose to it. You, you decide how you work. Uh, and that leaves that leaves a legacy, maybe not one that people write about. Um, did, have you seen this is a side note, but have you seen I think it's a Kia commercial uh, that came out around the Super Bowl called the Great Unknowns. Uh, and and they they highlight all these all the folks that build cars and it's showing them and you'll never know their names. Right. But yeah, what they do, what these un, quote unquote unknown people do. Um, makes the world go round, so to speak, right? Um, and and I think about you know my my maternal grandparents, my maternal grandfather. I call him dad. He worked for forty six years at one job. And you ask him why? Why'd you stay at that job? It wasn't because he loved being a gas man. It wasn't because he was in the position that he thought he deserved to be in. Uh, because there was a point through some different accidents where he actually got demoted from a manager down. But he kept the job. And what he would say about it is that job allowed me to provide a better life for my family than I had. Not that he didn't like his life that he had, but that he had this deep sense that I want to give more to my family uh, because I, I want to I advance our family name. And so he's a quote unquote unknown doing an unknown job that is a gas man. Um, but he imported into that unknown job a purpose and he showed up early every day and he left late every day. He did what he said he was going to do. He was the bet. He was the best that he could be. Uh, he worked with dignity and, and honor. Um, and he, he provided a great life for his family. Um, 
You know, that to me is, is a man. And that is completely in your control. And what I love about that is, is as you're saying that, the thing that is going through my head is we live in, a, in an age, especially with our phones and social media, where people just want to be famous. But fame mm. doesn't necessarily make the impact. Famous is yeah. term, immediate. Look at me. Impact is how can I help others well beyond my ears. And how do we help get more people under the mindset of focusing on the impact they make versus the fame they try to attract? Hmm. Yeah. Impress versus impact. Right. Uh, yeah. The most impressive thing you never do is impact somebody's life. It, it seems like there's, there's a sense that the more, uh, the more that we try to let others know what we're doing, um, uh, the less, what we do, uh, the less valuable what we do becomes, um, you know, the more that we try to humble brag on social, not that we don't want to be proud of what we do. You know, here's the answer, man, get rid of social media, get rid of social media. <laughs> and, and that probably takes that problem away. Um, but, but no, there's a sense of, here's a question that I like to ask myself repeatedly. Uh, how many kids is enough? Uh, now not how many, not how many kids are you going to have? You know, that's a different question, but how many kids do I have to impact for it to be enough? Like if a kid, if a kid writes me, if one kid writes me and says, Hey, that, that message you said, it got me through this difficult spot and I couldn't have got through it without it, you know? So thank you. Like, is that enough? Or does it not count until I get a thousand of those? Or does it not count until I get 10,000 of those? Um, and, and if we say, well, no, we need, we need a thousand of them. Well, does that mean that 999 kids don't matter? Their, the impact you made on them, their story, their life change, the role you got to play in their life, does it not matter? Uh, but when it's about me, well, the answer is no, it doesn't. Uh, when my focus is about me, myself, and I, uh, then and, and it's a thousand kids to make it worth it, then 999 don't count. Doesn't matter. They they could have been on a on a bridge about to jump off, and they decide not to and go live. And they become the president. Didn't count. Doesn't matter um, when it's about me. But when it's about others, then one is always enough. Um, you know, one one impact on one day, right? And that's all we got is today. You impact one person today, and you do it with intentionality, and you do it genuinely, um, and then it's then then that's enough. Uh, what I think it was. Aurelius, I just read the other day, Marcus Aurelius said, uh, the only poor person is the one who wants for more than they have. Um, man. And it's like, it's like, man, like, hey, I, I want to be about making the impact that I can make. And I'm going to be thankful I got the opportunity to make it. And then I'm gonna wake up tomorrow and I'm gonna do the same, do the same thing again. You know? Dude, that's, and that, it's so funny that uh, that is what we ended up talking about today because this morning I'm in the weeds of writing a book and I'm focusing on the third trait of a competitor, which is gratitude for us out of the five traits, three is gratitude because it's that ability to be thankful for the moment and everything you've had, the growth you've had, the people you're able to impact while con continuing to still pursue more and help other people. But the one is enough. Like the one person you impacted is enough. Otherwise, there's no such thing. There's never enough money. There's never enough fame. It, it's trying to quench an unquenchable thirst with things that can't ever solve that problem. Um, and so I, I appreciate you sharing that because it, it's really just hits home with that importance of having that daily practice of gratitude in our lives, whatever that looks like for people of being thankful for those one interactions.
Dude, this has been fantastic. For anyone listening that wants to connect with you, uh, whether the schools want to check out more of what you've got going on or people want to follow your content, where can they get connected with you and the Two Words team? Yeah, man, the easiest way to do it is anywhere on the World Wide Web from social to your search bar. Just type in Mackie Speaks, M-A-C-K-E-Y, Mackie Speaks, uh, and anywhere on the internet you'll find on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, at Mackie Speaks, on, uh, w- on the World Wide Web, MackieSpeaks.com, uh, email Mackie at MackieSpeaks.com. Um, so you can find all that. And from any of those uh, platforms on iTunes, uh, Mackie Speaks Leadership Journal uh, for, uh, for our leadership podcast. Um, and from any of those platforms, you'll be able to connect to our two words character development curriculum, um, or you can just simply go to twowords.tv. Uh, the number two words TV. Love it, man. Thanks so much for coming on the show this week. You bet, brother. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. Visit CompeteEverydayPodcast.com to learn how you can get connected with other everyday competitors. Contact the show and find resources to help compete for your best life.